I wanted to have your book in my hand and I sat down without it, but what a thing. I couldn't believe it. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. I could not Thank put it down. Thank you for time and energy. I really appreciate it. Welcome. I'm Tracy, the host of the Essential Stepmom podcast, your source for information and inspiration about the womanly art of raising someone else's kids. There's a lot of material here for the dads too, because, well, because nobody talks to them about this stuff much, and it's about time that changed. There's nothing about making a step family work that comes naturally. It happens as a result of effort and actual skills that you learn and practice, you know, like tennis or chess. My approach to all of this is a bit, well, unconventional, I like to live outside the box, and if that describes you too, I think we're going to be friends. Let me hear from you. My super private mailbox is info at essentialstepmom.com, and I'm always up for a chat. I'm not going to say much because this is a long conversation today, but when you hear it, you'll see why I thought it was a perfect one to be sponsored by the Nacho Kids Academy. Carly figured out, all on her own, through trial and error, that you can't do someone else's part of this project. It's not like at school you can't just work extra and get an A for both of you. The Nacho Kids Academy helps you skip ahead of the class and figure out how to apply these lessons right inside your own home. And to make everything run smoother and make everyone feel happier starting the minute you sign up. Another thing I personally love about the Nacho Kids Academy is that dads who can't afford to jump into one-on-one -on -one life coaching can get real high-level support for dealing with their ex and their kids at a very reasonable price point. They can talk with a dad there who has a solution for every divorced dad problem and you get a free wisecrack with everyone too. <laughs> when you sign up for the Nacho Kids Academy, there's no commitment. You go month to month and if you don't think it's your cup of tea, they'll refund your first month. This is a no-brainer, folks. There's literally nothing to lose and everything to gain. Head over to nachokidsacademy.com slash theessentialstepmom. That's my special affiliate link, and they'll know I sent you. They're going to support this podcast with a portion of your membership fee, so you're even doing a good deed for this community of listeners as well. Once again, and I'll put it in the show notes, that's nachokidsacademy.com slash the essential stepmom. Here's author and co-parenting coach Carly Israel. What a story. Like what many stories. It's incredible that you had like like enough to write a memoir at the age that you are, which is a lot younger than me. And mm -hmm. like that's amazing. Yeah, I often heard from people, the only thing I heard that was I wouldn't say negative, but like kind of the critique was they're like, you could have written four books from this. And I said, I couldn't because that's all I knew. I couldn't make, I didn't want to make stuff up. I only wanted to share the truth. And so, you know, those other stories would have been a great book, but they weren't full stories. Well, yeah, it's completely amazing. Um, just tell everybody the name of your book, Seconds and Inches, right? It's Seconds, yeah, and, Seconds Inches. and Inches Memoir. Um, highly, highly recommended. Like I truly couldn't put it down. I, I just like 
couldn't stop reading because it's it's an amazing story that you know um moves on into another story and yet another one and you know I actually shared it like my brain so my brain you know I definitely have ADD and I did not get diagnosed with that until like recently but my brain sees like snippets almost like a little moment and then you move on to the next one and that's basically you know how I wrote it because yeah I wanted it to be like little movies of what was going on so you could get a sense, but also understand that like, there's not one long story. It's kind of all over the place because we are all, all over the place. Yeah. Um, so I'm especially interested. I mean, if you want, maybe just like, cause people don't know your story and I would love mm -hmm. to talk about where you are now, Yeah. but you know, um, sort of start wherever you like and just catch us up to the present moment. Um, so when you say start wherever you like, you know I have a large story, so you need to give me a little guidance here. Well, I mean, okay, so let's is your just audience say that- step, uh, step parents is yeah, your audience? Yeah, yeah. So, Which I, am. I mean, let's say after a turbulent teenage years, you got married mm -hmm. and- I got and sober after I tried yeah. taking my own life. So yeah. I'll, go, I'll go quickly through that. So I grew up in an alcoholic home. Um, my parents, as you know, from the book um, and for those who have not read it yet, have both their own intense stories that they both come from, which is actually the whole point of the book for me was to show that all of us carry with us so much more than we could fathom, which plays perfectly into discussing what it's like to be a step parent because yeah you're coming into the story when it's already started. Yeah. And I know as a stepmother myself, it feels like you don't have a lot of say in how the story is gonna go. Yeah. Um, and either do we, right? Yeah. And so my story started well before I did and it was an intense beginning from a very loving home. They did the best they could with what they had. My parents ended up getting sober when I was 13, but I'd already started using. I was off and running in my own dark, hell and I ended up trying to take my own life at almost 20 um and I found the rooms and I've been sober for 22 years um wow I've always been a seeker and um wanted to know the truth and wanted to if I was going to stay on this earth which apparently the universe had that in mind <laughs> I wanted to do something with it right I didn't want to just get through it wonderful yeah and then I I wanted the story that we all wanted right I wanted I wanted a husband and kids, something I never even dreamed of before. And I always picked people that were not right for me. And the guy that ended up being my husband on paper was perfect. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't know then what I know now, but I have no regrets because I have three beautiful children. So, and you, you built your like ideal dream home. You had the perfect house. So symbolic, right? So on the outside, which is one of my favorite things, and I love talking about this concept, Tracy, that we look at people and we think that we know what their lives are like, but we actually have no idea. Yeah. And um, my parents had given us this land that we would never have been able to afford. And on it, we built a house we could not afford with money that wasn't even all of ours. And I literally drew it from my own brain and a pen on a piece of paper. And I was like, this is what I want. And we made it, right? So I like wow. designed, it's funny because I did that with my college. I've always done that. Like, this is what I want. And then you make it happen. And I walked around that perfect house that 
was so far from perfect. Yeah. And that's very uncomfortable when everything on the outside looks good, but on the inside, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, I'm sure that there's people listening to you now who are like where you were, like trying to, um, trying to make something perfect or that, you know, everybody else has this, like, look at them. They live in that gorgeous house. Look at those beautiful kids. They seem to adore that woman. And, you know, she's their stepmom. And how come I can't have a family that looks like that? And you never know what, you don't know what's going on in somebody else's house. You just don't. Everyone's got a story and multiple stories and you don't know, right? So we can't judge anyone else. But, you know, what I took from walking away from that house was that I I wanted more for my story and specifically for my children. I could have stayed for myself if I needed to, like all of us can stay if we yeah, need to, like, yeah. unless we're in a physically abusive situation. I was in an abuse that people don't talk about and I like to call it neglect. Mm-hmm. And I just, I kind of felt like an orchid that was given like the glass space <laughs> to grow, but nobody came near me. It was just so lonely. Yeah. And I I always love talking about this topic. Were you a good student in school? Yeah. I was too. And whenever the teacher would announce that there was going to be a class project, I would groan. And did you like class projects? No. The reason why I didn't like class projects was because I knew that I was going to have to do the majority of the work and I didn't like to rely on someone else that wasn't going to pull their weight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you can still get an A, even if four people are in a project together or two people are in a project together and one person does the work but you can't in a marriage. Yeah. And in my marriage, I tried to do all the work of the class project. And what I tell my coaching clients today, because I work with co-parents is you can't sustain a marriage if one person's working on it and the other one's not willing to, it just doesn't work. Well, and I love that because my message is about, is about how you can't do the parenting for the other person, like as a stepmom, yes. you can't do his part of the project. It's his. Mm. And, and you're used to the idea that you can just like fix this problem. You can step in and do that. Like, just like you said, the class project, you end up doing all the work. Everybody gets a, you feel resentful, but it, you move on and you can't do it like this. You can't, you know, the stepmom can't do the, the Will you tell me, you remind me how old um, your stepchildren were when you came in? Oh, gosh. Well, well, I know your story is special. So like when you actually were officially. When we actually were officially together, they were six, eight and 11, I think. Um, Mine were even younger. Mm-hmm. I, my, I got remarried and my new husband lives in another state. Yeah, this is an important part of your story. <laughs> yeah, um, and he has four children. His first child died of brain mm. cancer. Yeah, terrible. Um, and then he has three children um, who were really little, like two or three, five and nine or seven yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. But I, I play a very backseat role. Like I am Carly. I don't, I don't, I'm not even considered, like, I am their stepmother, but I don't, like, one, I'm like, I'm your Carly, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I'm there, there, I'm not there very often right now because of COVID, but when I am with them, I don't, I actually wanted to know about step parenting from watching people around me that don't do it well. Yeah. Uh. Like, like, you see people, you're like, oh, that's not working. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, and good. And like, there are so many, I mean, I'm in a lot of them. There's so many groups, you know, Facebook groups and, and you hear people giving out such crap advice, like yes. such terrible advice. And, and I think, you know, like, do you folks know that like 60 to 70% of these people are getting divorced? Like this group with 10,000 people in it, like 60 to 70% of them are not going to make it. So most of the advice is shit. Yeah. And, and you, you know really what have is? to be careful. It's the same thing that you do is that I do just with different, you know, arrangements of relationships. It's really about what's best for the kids. Yeah. How can I make um, the situation better? And oftentimes for me, it's staying out of things. You know, I can tell you. That, that is how you make it better. That's <laughs> this whole story that people don't want to, they don't want to hear that because then you feel useless. And you don't know where you belong. Here's the thing. It's not my place. And I get to learn from my three boys who come home after when they spend time with their dad and his partner. And I learn from what they say, like, they really just want, it's hard enough for the kids, even if you get along, like my husband and I, we get along pretty well. 90% of the time, we're awesome. He is welcome my house anytime we do as much together as is capable. Um, But it's not comfortable necessarily because his partner is not like in love with me and we've had some stuff, but I'm like, I'm always like, let's move forward. Let's move forward. I just want to move forward. And, um, you know, my kids come back and what I feel from them is what, how I do it with my stepkids, which is they just want to be left alone. Like they just want you to be like a nice person that doesn't infringe on anything in their life. They feel very, very sensitive that they don't need another mother that they don't need enough, you know, like, please they, yeah. they, that's upsetting to them yeah that role if it yeah. you know because they had thank goodness my children have two great parents so that's it right that's the message yeah and I'm grateful I'm not that my kids step I'm not my kids mother like I have my own kid I'm good like I yeah. I yeah I get to enjoy you and not it's like I guess like grandchildren I don't know yeah yet, but like <laughs> you get to give them back <laughs> yeah they're not mine so tell everybody like what's your arrangement? Because you, I really wanted you to share this specific piece, like, because I get asked all the time, like, like, do people really do this? Like that you're married and you don't live together. You each have your own kids in your own house. So how does that go? Um, So I will just give a little background to that story. So my husband and I met through Facebook because why not else? Right. Because that's ridiculous. And, um, if you end up listening or reading my story, you'll understand all the depths of it, but we live in two different states and that's not going to change. And my favorite thing is every time people find out about it, they're constantly trying to like figure out how we can be together. Yeah. And I'm like, it's not going to happen. Like, I know you want this for us, but like, we're yeah. good. Um, we're like at least 10 years going to be apart. Um, I live in Ohio and he lives in Virginia. That's because that's where both of our co-parents are. And we would never dream of removing our children from their co-parents. And the truth is our children are really close in age and it will be a bloody nightmare to have them all in the same house. <laughs> like unless we were multimillionaires, which we are not and yeah. had like massive house where everyone could be in different wings. When we try to get them all in the same car, it's horrible. So wow. like we've gotten to the place when we're on vacation, we have to take two separate cars because wow. they're complaining the whole time. Yeah. Right? Wow. That's so funny. I talked to um, last week I on the podcast, I did an interview with, um, Mary Kelly, who is a psychologist, and um, she's been treating 
blended family, step families for like 18 years. So she's a really knowledgeable person and she has an amazing sense of humor. I love her. But she said she was working with this family who told her that, you know, okay, like uh, we're together. I think they weren't married yet. And she said, we bought a house together and we're moving in. And they had between them four girls between the age of nine and 12. And she said, you people are nuts. Like, good luck, you know? And I mean, some, some situations are, they just are what they are. Like your kids are close in age and they're not easily going to get along with each other. And so apart from the fact that you live far, like it's possible that even if you lived in the same town, you might choose I wouldn't to still want to do live it. together. Like we, I always have moments like when we dream of like the other person's co-parent dying just because like it's fun, you know, yeah. <laughs> who doesn't like have those moments, yeah. right? And, and I like walk around my neighborhood and I think he could buy a house there and I would just come visit him because here's the thing, and this might be totally wonky, but my boys did not want to their parents to get a divorce they don't want to go between two homes but there's nothing I can do about that but I love raising them by myself like the only time I really wish my partner was here is like when there's some like man thing that I just can't do yeah. like and it's very small things like I can do almost everything like yeah. once in a while there's something I can't do and so I don't love the way my husband parents like I I love him but I don't want him to parent my children just like, I don't want to, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm grateful that we are different. And I just feel like my kids deserve to have their childhood. If it, and please, it's not judgment to anybody, but I believe that because we have this ability, they deserve to have this childhood where they just get to be themselves and not have to share constantly. Yeah. And they have to share plenty, but yeah. I want them to have their own childhood. It's going to be gone in two minutes, as you know. Yeah. And my oldest is a eighth grader. I've got four and a half years left with him. So I'm fine waiting. And, you know, I want to tell you guys about this crazy schedule we tried, which I would not recommend doing. <laughs> First, we tried to see, like, how can we make it so we can see each other more? Because we live in different states. And we so we synced our, our children's schedule. So there was never a time that there was a weekend that we weren't together, which meant we had to switch our schedules. So when I was with my kids, he came here. And when he was with his kids, I went there. So that's travel every weekend for oh, one yeah. of us and zero downtime because right. you're either with your kids by yourself, yeah. it, with your partner, right? It was horrible. <laughs> like it, it was not good. Yeah. Can you guess why it wouldn't be good? Yeah, of course. Well, it's just nonstop. It's nonstop. You don't get you don't get a break. I know families who have the same like they're that they live together and they have 50 50 kids, but the kids don't overlap. So right. like her kids are there for a week and they're out the door and the other kids. So they're always on. Right. You, and then when yeah. they're your kids and it's your time, you don't want to give away any of that time yeah. because you don't get to see them 50 percent of the time. So yeah. you're not going to like cut the evening short so you can go hang out with your partner. Yeah. Yeah. because that's what you would regularly do. So that meant there was zero alone time. And after much begging, pleading and crying on my part, I got him to switch back. And so now we see each other every other weekend alone in a proper way, yeah. <laughs> like adults. And I love it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Wow. There, like there are a lot of possibilities, eh? Yeah. And you know I what? Mean, there's a lot we of permutations. To, we get to define it, right? We get to define it. Yeah. Once in a while, it's lonely. Like, who's not going to be? But I was married in a house with a person and it was lonely all the time. So it's not like this fake idea of, oh, it would be so much better if we all were together. 
That's, I love that. Um, and I love that you can tell people like, this is possible. And here are all the ways that, that it could work. And we tried this for a while and it, it worked, but it wasn't great. And this is better for us. And it might be that for somebody else, they love that every other, you know, every weekend thing with a, you know, different dynamic or different place. Like everybody's got their own shtick. You know what it's about? It's about being flexible because none of us know, right? We're all like on the fly trying to figure it out. And because my partner and I have really great communication and we both love each other dearly and we want to make this work more than anything, we're willing to bend for the other person. And, you know, even more so my kids, God willing, will be done before his kids because they're older. And the original plan was I was going to immediately move to be with him and his kids. But now I'm like, no, thank you because I love you, but I do not enjoy witnessing the parenting because it's exhausting. Yeah. Well, and, and so, right. The, I I, and I love that you're talking about that too, because this is a big, big point for um, a lot of the women who are listening and in my audience and like, let's face it, I'm working with the, the husbands who are having a hard time to parent in this really, really difficult post-divorce atmosphere. It is hard I to love parent. This topic. Let's do it. Let's go for it. So like guilty dad, right? Like it's super hard. And in my case, I can tell you that my husband has a strange response, or I think it's strange for him. It's normal to guilty parent, which is that he's he defaults to a much more strict um, situation. So he's not the guilty pushover dad. He's the opposite. He feels guilty and he wants to, to be whatever his internalized dad image is. You know, I'm sure it comes from something about how he was raised. I, uh, we haven't talked about it, but like he has an inner dad template. Mm -hmm. And when he's feeling guilty, he steps into that, you know, a little bit more demanding, a little bit more harsh, of the kids um, yeah mm -hmm. and then I'm the one who's looking and saying like oh that's too much for me like I yeah. wouldn't do it that way like I'm on his side like I I think you're I think you're going overboard and then we really um you know we really butt heads about that and because I I have to give up it's his you live his together right you live oh, together yeah, yeah yeah so how do you manage that because I really feel I would feel offended if my husband did that about my kids and my parenting because I want he's offended to, yeah I would oh, be totally. too right I mean but at the same time when it's the other way around my best suggestion for myself is to I have my own inventory work my own spiritual work I do that I go off to the side and I like you know I'm mad about something but I do it with my people not with him because he's emotionally involved and I remind myself, this is not my business. These are right. not my kids, Correct. right? Not my kids, not my business. What does my partner need from me? He needs me to support him while he's walking through it. And the truth is we are both really great at certain things. He's not really great at being super patient with the kids. And I, I'm more chill. And so I can help him with that, but that's behind the scenes, not in the middle of it. Right. And exactly, I love that. It's behind the scenes and not in the middle of it. I love, that's a really, really great way of putting it. Um, so that was my experience of like, I get into trouble. I get into trouble when I think that I need to comment on how he's being a parent, mm. right? Like it's none of my <laughs> business. Have you heard that saying W-A-I-T? What, what does it stand for? 
why am I talking? <laughs> I love I guess, that. You know, in my house, and I would I recommend this to anyone I coach. Um, I have a sign that one of my friends taught me. It's there's two kinds of business in my business and none okay. of my business. Yeah. And I have that up big as day. Yeah, you had that in your book. Right? Yeah, because my responsibility is to take care of my business and his kids and how he parents are not my business. Yep. Yep. That is so hard. I know. So hard. Do you have clients who have a hard time with how their partner manages or deals with the other children's mother? You bet. You bet. It's huge. In fact, just this week, like two days ago, Um, I did a live stream in my group that was the result of a poll that I put out in the group. Uh, And I said, um, you know, if you were ever really close to leaving was like, what was the reason? And I gave them some choices like that. You, you know, that you don't see eye to eye on parenting with your partner. You don't get along with his kids or, you know, whatever. And somebody else added, you know, crazy bio mom. Mm. And it blew up like it was more than double the rest of the responses. So I did this live stream about this problem that, you know, that the, the mom of, of your stepkids is so intensely problematic that you almost felt like leaving the marriage. And one of the, you know, I split it into a few topics. I'm not going to review the whole thing here, but one of the problems is that your husband is allowing that lady to abuse you in some way and that's not okay like there need to be there need to be some boundaries and sometimes that's really hard because if she was that kind of abusive person in their relationship like he left because he couldn't deal with it so how could he deal with it now but he's gonna have to because like you have to make some boundaries and say I don't want you talking to me about that I don't want to hear what she said about me I'm take like she's not I'm blocking her from my phone. We're not having any communication. Like you're allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get sucked into the drama of it though, right? Like, yeah, see, it's so interesting that you say that. There's so many perspectives I have from it. So on the one hand, what I actually do, um, one of the things I do when I'm coaching clients that are going through a divorce, one of the parts is called nuts and bolts where I'm sitting down with both couple, both of the couples if possible, ideally, and unfortunately, it's usually the man that I'm trying to let know, but I say it to both them, that be very, very careful who you pick to join into your children's relationship, whether it's a girlfriend or a future partner or a wife, because you need to really lay the boundaries down very, very clearly before you guys get serious. And this is about creating the best co-parenting space for your children and yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I find to be attractive is someone that stands up and says from, from the beginning, these are my children. This is my co-parenting relationship. It's not ideal. It might not look the way that everyone thinks it should, but I need this to be respected. I, you're always gonna be my number one romantic woman in my life. Yeah. But for me, my kids come first before my husband and my husband's kids come first before me. And I have zero issue with that. Yeah. Um, I do have an issue with, how he approaches his ex-wife at times because it is infuriating to watch it. Um, but that's also his stuff. Yeah. Like I know it's not personal, but it feels personal. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It, like there's so many different, like layers. you said, different, mm-hmm. different layers and different circumstances and different ways that, that people connect. Um, 
but um it's like, a lot about power though well like this is another thing you know that like it goes it's a continuum from all the way from the stepmom who's abusing the biological mom because that mm -hmm. totally happens stepmom and dad gang up and and start saying we think that oh, the kids should be whatever and if that I was me I'd that be so like saying, <laughs> like go away like who's we there is no we on your side of that like there's my ex-husband who is the dad and there's me that's the we that's the only we of adults yeah that's gonna happen around here but there's a lot of women who have that dynamic that they want to be to the that? parent yeah so my I call my husband I stole it from somebody else because yeah. he was my husband and we do really well together. Like we could literally go on a road trip together with our kids, but that would never happen because it's not comfortable for his partner. Um, like our relationship. And there's absolutely zero reason to ever be concerned about anything happening okay. ever. But because of their relationship, and again, it goes back to the beginning, her stories from her past and right. her first marriage and her, you know, everything she's walked through, we're coming to the table with different things than what I'm coming to the table with. And at the end of the day, like big picture, I just want to be able to have everybody show up. Like I want my kids when they come home from wherever they live or whatever they're doing to be able to come back and not be like, Oh, I have to stay for this much time and then leave and go to dessert at dad's house. Yeah. Like I want everyone to be able to just, you can't show up for two hours with like a dish and like, yeah. just like, let's get over yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> And so even though it's really challenging in that area, especially with COVID and everyone's oh, anxieties and rules and oh my goodness, and you need to go to a test. I mean, let's just talk about that. Yeah. Our, our, right? Our of our step families, we must have like a hundred people in our circle, yeah. Yeah. right? Because there's so many blended yeah. families. Yeah, yeah. There's oh, like no, a whole nother section of, of need is uh, how do you do COVID co-parenting? Oh, like this, this has been a nightmare. It's mm -hmm. been a total nightmare. And at the very beginning of it, like at the beginning when we had no idea what was coming, right? Like we thought it was going to be a couple, you know, a few weeks, like six or eight yeah. weeks or something, right? And I remember saying the ideal situation here is that everybody's kids stay put. I mean, we're talking about like a more or less 50, but like you stay put with the primary person who has an obligation to make unlimited contact time over Zoom or Facebook or FaceTime or whatever, like you, you keep the kids with you and you open the door virtually in a very open, unlimited way to keep the contact with the other parent. That would be ideal. It so hasn't happened. People just choose to fight about it and they fight about whether the kids should come. Then they fight them because they think they shouldn't come. And what an yeah. awful story. My three boys had COVID in May of last year. Oh, wow. Well. And I, my co-parents partner her kids live in another state with their dad half the time and he wouldn't let her kids come here <laughs> because of my kids and so she he wasn't allowed to be with her kids and so my co-parent wasn't allowed to be with our kids yeah. and so it's just like it's a nightmare like it's crazy yeah. but at the end of the day like who cares like who at the end of the day, I just want to be kind human. I want to be a good role model yeah. for my, my yeah. kids. And the truth is you might have some clients that are stepmothers 
that would just be like me, but would look at me as the bio mom and be like, you're so annoying and so controlling. You're like, I don't know what people think. I just have to take care of my own stuff because you can't make everybody happy. Yeah, exactly. And, and I know that, that like, I try super duper hard, like in a very intentional way to not take any kind of motherly role. I can tell you that having been a stepmom now for 14 years, it's only in the last year that I received a hug from my stepmom. Really? Like, like that was like very, very intentionally staying away from that kind of role. But I also know that like my stepkid's mom was completely paranoid about me being like the new mom, you know, and oh, like go visit with your new mom and your new grandparents or whatever. It was so hard for them. And I don't, I don't blame her for that. It's just like, like you say, we're all coming with our own baggage to wherever we are. And I have a question. Yeah. I really wanted to do this, but my husband wouldn't allow me. And he's probably right because he knew what his ex-wife was like, but I really wanted like I really wanted in a dream world to sit down with her for coffee and be like, I just want you to know that I would never like in the beginning. Yeah. Like, I want you to know what my intentions are. I want you to know that I will never come near your role. I will never step on your toes. I will. I literally just want to be here to love and support. And I never want you to feel worried. He wouldn't let me, I wouldn't even let her like, a, like an email or a letter. Yeah. But I actually think that sometimes the husband gets in the way of what two women could actually do if they could just communicate and find a way to just be like, look, like if the step, I think it's the stepmom's responsibility personally, because I'm a stepmom to make the intention super clear that I do not want to ever step on your toes. Like it's, I think it's also my responsibility, which I do to help my stepkids get like mother's day cards. And you know what I mean? Like I want them to see like, this is about showing up for your mom and loving your mom. Yeah, I always did that for them. Is, what do I want for my kids, right? What, yeah. what do, I don't get it back, but I know what I need to keep giving out. Yeah. And right? I think it's, it's a, also a, like you and I share the circumstance of having our own biological children. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really, really different vibe for many stepmoms who don't come yeah. into the mix with their own biological child. And like, you just, the way I put it, it's like, you can't hang around kids without having your maternal instinct get fired up, right? Like, it's like you, you push some kind of inner button and you just get dragged off into that like maternal view. And it's really hard for them to say, I don't ever want to take on your role because in some way they actually do, right? Like they have a lot of satisfaction. Like you have to, you're there, you have to show up. But here's the thing that I get to do is I need to remember that my responsibility is kind of like, I think I talked to you about this last time when you were on my podcast, kind of like being a great auntie, you know, like I'm going to take care of them and love them and make sure like no one runs in the street. But like, I am not their parent. And they have two great parents. Like it would be a totally different situation if there wasn't another parent. That's a whole different situation. But I want them to feel safe without having, like, I actually thought that the problem was the kids for a little bit. Like I thought that the kids, you know, didn't, I just didn't think it was driving, but I really found out that it was my husband and I, like we were the issue. And he had expectations of me, of how he wanted me to be with his kids. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. And because he's a certain way with my kids, he's like, he's like having a fourth son. Like he is silly and plays games with them and does, I'm not that person. I don't even play games with my own kids. Like, so, you know what I mean? So we had to figure out our own way for what, how I could approach the situation as organically as who I am. And I think that's also a lot about communication. Like, what is it that you want from me in this relationship as a, as a step parent? Like, how do you want this to look? Because the truth is there's been zero times where I've approached my husband and been like, Hey, I don't think that the way you just did that, you know, he never likes that. Like that's never, even if he hears it, he doesn't want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't even know what to say about that. It's completely true. I mean, there's, it, it, I don't want to, um, like sometimes it's hard to just hear every situation is different. There's no way to, to know what to do, you know, but it's true. Like they say that step families take seven to 10 years to gel. Oh, I never heard that. I like that. You That's haven't cool. heard that? I with that? Oh yeah. It totally takes seven to 10 years to, to settle out and, and like for everybody to feel secure and figure out you know what their part is or who they are to each other and and like nobody wants to hear that like seven years are you kidding me like I'm I'm four years in and I could be only halfway like no way um but that's how long it took for me and I question needs to keep coming back to why did you choose to enter this relationship none of us did it without the knowledge that our partners didn't have children right so we knew they came with children we knew that they were not our own we knew that we would basically have almost no say in raising them right so my responsibility is really to love my partner and support him for what he needs and like right now and it's going to be so much worse I know it is because I was a bad teenager and you know that so (laughs) I am looking down the barrel of six live humans that are potentially going to all be teenagers possibly alcohol drugs pregnancy rape who knows what's in this picture right all these crazy things that are going to come down the line. And I want him to know, and I, we talk about it a lot. Like you need to understand that we're in this together forever. For the kids, this little moment of time is going to be intense and quick. Yeah. And if you it need doesn't to feel quick at the kids, time, <laughs> right. It doesn't feel quick at the time, but like, you know, like if, if I always think about it like this, if I don't know what to do about a situation, I ask myself, well, what would I want it to be if the other way was, you know, it was the other way around. If one of my kids was struggling, I'm going to take care of my kid. Yeah. And if my partner's not secure enough with that, then that's an issue that we need to deal with. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I just caught what you said about coming into the, you know, we all came into the situation knowing that we weren't going to have any say in how our kids were raised. And that is a, that moment is often a slap in the face for a mom because she doesn't, especially like when we're talking about really little kids, right? Because yeah. um, a lot of the the women that I work with have really, really little kids, you know, like a, a year old, two, three years old. And, and like, you're the, you're the mom, you're the mom figure. And of course, kids who are like under about five or so, like everybody's mom, you know, every, every lady is a <laughs> potential mom, right? So it's like, yes, they're, they're going to respect you as an adult the way they would a teacher or a babysitter or whatever. But it gets really hard when your opinion of what should happen doesn't count. Never mind with the bio mom, but it also doesn't count with your partner that yeah. like the, what you think should happen is like not given any kind of weight. And that's such a hard moment. It's a hard thing to live. Can and I tell accept. you something that's really cool about that, that I have a solution. Okay. Okay. 
So basically what we're talking about is what is happening in all of our lives, which is we're powerless. Like there's so many things that we have no control over and we don't have any say over, but what we do have say over is how we're going to live our lives and how we're going to treat ourselves and all that. And so along this journey, you know, with my writing and interviewing and communicating and coaching, I had this like epiphany the other day after I did this awesome webinar where I was like, we need as women to work really, really hard on loving ourselves as we are. And that includes all of this, like whatever's happening in the you know, family blended situation, it's all out of our control and we have to take care of ourselves. And I'm not talking about like, go get a manicure. I'm talking about like really digging deep at how we see like our image of our bodies and how we see our image of our worth in our marriages as a co-parent, as a step-parent, as a part of society, whether we have kids or we don't, um, and our voices, like being able to use them. And so I don't know what happened because like our lives are insane. So why not add more? But I just started a movement and it's called Must Love Self. And I really think that I want you to be part of it. I, I love that. Yeah, I already have 15 women signed up for a podcast episode. So I'm like the first 15 weeks done. Um, and it's really going to be about facing all of the junk that we've been walking around with that's blocking us off from being our best self in the way that like feels authentic. Um, and I'm thinking about like women like us in the step parent situation when you feel so powerless in like that house and like you don't have a say and even what someone's going to wear and all that stuff. Yeah. At the end of the day, I still need to go take care of myself because otherwise I'm just going to focus on what I can't control. And I think this is where it's going to really start. Awesome. That that is brilliant. And yeah. that that dovetails in a way with the message that I'm putting out there to the dads who are the, you know, the biological dads, the husbands of these women who are listening today and hopefully who are, you know, lots of guys listen in to this podcast, but um, you know, the, the high conflict co-parenting kind of situation, the parental alienation, whatever's happening, you can't fix what's happening at the other end. Like you mm-hmm. have to let go of that and just focus on relentlessly on yourself, on yeah. like being all the dad that you ever hope to be. You focus on yeah. what is it about you that you want your kids to take away. And like you keep saying, the time is short. We, it doesn't feel like it at the time, but I've heard somebody did a, um, it's an amazing statistic, I could send it to you, but somebody like calculated all the hours that you have with your children and 95% 95 of your time with your kids happens before they turn 18. It's crazy. It's crazy. Especially for the fathers that are listening, like, and I tell this to all my clients because they're, it doesn't matter what gender they are it doesn't matter how the other person is. Like as long as your children are actually physically safe, like we're not talking about situations where they're not safe. If it's just yucky, you know, with the other parent, you can't be in a fight with somebody if you don't fight. That's it. One of you has to stop fighting and the fight stops. It's all about our ego. The the number one reason why there's yucky um, divorces and post divorces and why the kids are miserable is only because people are selfish and they won't let go, let go of their crap, which is why I do my North Star Divorce boot camp because it's like, we got to get rid of your junk and your stories and stop talking about them. So if your ex-wife is so exhausting, like send her a card once a month that just says, I'm thinking of you and thank you for being an awesome mom. You don't have to mean it. 
Yeah. You just have to send it. Like you, you, if you keep putting out kindness and kindness, it's eventually going to soften them enough. It's just like if you ever boil an artichoke, you can't just put it in and take it out and it's yummy. Like it takes a while before you can get that artichoke, you know, edible. Like it, we have to work really hard on sucking it up and smiling and going to five below or the dollar store with your kids and getting their other parents something from everybody. And who cares? Totally, totally. And I, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people are, are stopped in that by like another artificial idea. That's just an idea that you can let go of, but that it's hypocritical in some way. And it's not hypocritical because you are, well, like, I'm pretending to care about my ex-wife or my ex-husband when I really don't and that I'm somehow being hypocritical. And I think that's bullshit. Well, who's a hypocritical hypocritical But but that's just it. Who cares? Who's watching? Because remember, there's two people that are going to see this, okay? Two groups of people. Your children, the most important people. Right are going to see a role model of what it looks like, regardless of how another person treats That's you, exactly you're right. In a, right. You're in a family with how you show up and are, you're kind, right? Michelle Obama had it right. You take the high road, you yeah. suck it up and you take the high road and you're kind and you're kind and you're kind. And you keep putting it out there and putting it out there. Yeah. It doesn't matter because guess what? At the end of the day, I'm free. Right. Right. And then if the, my ex spouse doesn't believe me that I'm being kind again, who cares? Yeah. What are you going to get mad at me now? Because you think I'm being kind. Yeah. Like, Okay, great. It's easier on my soul to be kind to you than it is to fight with you because I'm exhausted. Yeah. Well, and it's a hundred times easier on your kid's soul to be Uh, kind. A hundred thousand times. I got to tell you, Tracy, I I work with a lot of, um, I get a lot of anonymous forms filled out of adult children of divorce. Mm. And Every single thing that they say, which is all the horror stuff we hear, we hear is a hundred percent preventable. Yeah. If one of the co-parents would change it, just one, yeah. the other co-parent can badmouth and be yucky and yeah. petty. But if the one, which is you, yeah. goes up and sucks it up and takes the high road and yeah. keeps letting go and keeps doing kind things, you will be, the kids will get it. You know, they totally get it because I love talking about this and like, I'm a natural healthcare practitioner. I'm a homeopath. That's what I've been doing for, I don't know, 22 years now. So I'm all about like nature and biology and, you know, so from a biological point of view, like scientifically speaking, every one of us, you and me is made up of mom and dad and nothing else. We are, you are 50% your mother and 50% your father. That's how it starts out. And the rest is just sunshine and water and food, right? You, every part of you is half mom and half dad. And when, when parents divorce, it's like, what is it like to live where half of you is bad and yucky all of the time when you're at dad's Mm. house, the half of you that's mom is, is shit. And when you're at mom's house, the half of you that's dad is just like at, at best rejected, even if it's not, you know, actually crapped on. So like to show that kind of kindness and care and to say, I respect your mother, that means I respect that part of you. And I love your mother. I love that she gave birth to you. You know, we're not good as a husband and wife. We don't see well enough to live together, 
but like, I love all of you. I love the part of you that, that is your mom. Like yeah. that's the message. And it's so important. And you know, what's really important too, to, to put out there, even though everyone knows, but we just have to remind everybody is one of the most damaging things you can ever say to your children in a divorce when you're with them and they're giving a hard time is, oh, you're just like your other parent. Yeah. And you know that they're not saying that because they think you're fabulous. Yeah. And that those are the kind of things that I'm hearing adult children walk around with as adults. Yeah. As remembering how their parent looked at them and how they knew the disdain that they had for the other. <clears throat> That's horrifying. You, you're so right. I love my children more than anything on earth. And half of my children is a man that I wanted to spend my whole life with. And it didn't work out the way that we wanted it to. And so I try to tell them funny stories about their dad yeah, and, yeah. you know, gotta be that way. It's, it's a choice, but it's so much better for my children. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and even if you're the only one doing it, your kids get to have half of the time or 20% of the time or whatever, they know that when they come to your house, they get to be whole there. They get and to feel when whole. when they leave our houses and they come back, God willing, as adults or young adults, they're going to know that we are people who are non-judgmental, who are going to be kind, who yeah. show us how to handle challenging situations and do it with grace and dignity. And they're going to get to see it. So like in my house, you know, I'm doing all this, but we're also swearing and drawing penises everywhere and yeah. watching silly things. Like yeah. we're, we're not perfect. We're human. And you know, the things that, my co-parent doesn't like is like that kind of stuff. He doesn't love that. I'm so inappropriate at times with my kids, but that's who I am. And I would rather my kids had a potty mouth and went and helped another, a person across the street yeah. than, you know, we're perfectly mannered and we're jerks. So yeah. I, I just, that's actually a blessing about being a single parent is like, I love that I get to parent them the way I want to. Yeah, that's great. And, and I got to parent my daughter the way I wanted to, because she was already um, kind of gone off to college when I got together with my partner, although he was our roommate for four years. Before right. That. I love like, your story so much. <laughs> I, I, I would watch it as a movie and I'd be like, oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> it was crazy. It was just crazy. I, 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 I so didn't see it coming. Like, really, if How you had asked you me. And his ex, like, do you guys get along? No. Um, and I... Um, I did reach out a couple of times and, and we actually, you know, one time she came to pick up one of the kids or drop somebody off, whatever it was. And, and I said, well, you know, you know, you're going to be here in two or three weeks. And now with my husband, her ex-husband, he was going to be out of town. And I said, why don't we plan to go all for dinner when you're here, you know? And we did. And, I thought it was great. Like I find it easy to be with her. I think she finds it extremely challenging. And, um, and so it didn't like, it didn't ease her feeling about me um, being mm -hmm. somehow threatening to her. So that's too bad. And we just, you know, we don't live in the same city. It's, she's very far away. So I don't really have any, any contact with her, I would still like, you know, when she used to drive the kids here and I would like wave her inside and say, come inside, have a cup of tea, go to the bathroom. Like it's three right. hours drive. Like you're going to turn around and go back. And 
she just wasn't, you know, never got to feel comfortable like that. And I thought it was a shame because I would have, I would have been okay with it. Too. I am just, I'm bummed. Like on both sides, neither of the women are like, let's hang out, let's yeah. connect. Let's, yeah. I mean, I actually joke and say to my husband, it would be so much easier because I can get more scheduling stuff done. Um, but it is what it is. Like I can't it make it what be it what is. it's not, right? No, I, I can't make it be different. With, with my ex-husband, he, um, uh, he wasn't with somebody straight away when we got separated, but maybe a year later or so he got together with the women who I am still friends with and they've been broken up for 15 years and we still hang out, you know, and I used to go there to his place for Christmas day. I mean, I'm Jewish, so mm-hmm. I don't, um, Christmas isn't a, a big deal, a big family yeah. thing for me. Like I don't have family responsibilities. We certainly celebrated together, but so then like, I know that my daughter, like it's a big deal for her. And so I would just go to him and we would do presents together in the morning. And then he would make a big ass Turkey and we would sit around all afternoon and watch movies and eat Turkey and watch more movies. And I can do that. Like, is yeah. it my favorite thing to do? No, but, but I about can you. totally do that. And we right. always had a nice time and it, it became even easier when there was another woman there who I like could like chat with. And I didn't have to be like, all about hanging out with him the whole time so like that was never a problem for me on that end as the as the biological mom um and my daughter was older in fairness and she was never like there was never some risk of him being a more important parenting influence than me you know Mm -hmm. I, I didn't feel I didn't feel nervous about that and I and I know that like other people are nervous and it is how it is. So I don't, you know, I don't blame them for what they're, what they're bringing to the table um, in terms of their stuff, but yes, it would be, it would be easier and nicer. Right. But you know what? It is what it is. We can't change what we have and we just get to, you know, show up and do our best. And it's, I mean, it really is empowering because then I don't have to worry about what anyone else is or isn't doing because it's not about my happiness won't be about that. It's about like, how can I do this in the best way I can? And whatever I have no control over, I'm just going to let go of. Whoosh. That's the message, right? That's (laughs) like the single most important message. Um, I forget. I forget the message all the time. (laughs) Yeah. So tell everybody where they can find more of you. Okay. Um, so carlyisrael.com. Carly is C-A-R-L-Y, Israel, like the country, I-S-R-A-E-L.com has all my stuff, my writing, my coaching, my must love self, all of it. Um, lots of co-parenting and divorce articles are on there and you can message me. I'm also on Facebook um, and all those places, Instagram, all, all the places. One day I hope to be on no places, but um, <laughs> they, I'm just really grateful. I, I love hearing from people um, because I want to know your stories. I'm so interested in them and you can write to me anonymously on my website. I don't need to collect your email. I don't even know, need to know your name. I love being able to hear your stories and I'm happy to reach out to you if you need anything. That's so great. Thank you so much for doing this. And Thank I'm so you. happy that we got to talk again because I just me couldn't too. wait to. You're not done with me. We're going to still connect. I can feel it. Okay. I, I totally look forward to that. Thank you. Have an amazing day. There are so many great takeaways from this. I was actually writing like mad while I listened to the replay myself. 
I love what you said right at the beginning about how you're coming into the story when it's already started and you don't have a lot to say in how the story's going to go. And I love how when people hear that she doesn't live with her husband, they're all trying to figure out some way to work it out for them. And she's like, I know you want this for us, but we're good with it. Thanks. I think that's a line I could use in reverse on myself. Like when I want my husband to be different in some way with his kids, more like how I think it should be. I just have to remember that they're standing there looking at me saying, it's sweet of you to want that for us, but we're actually okay here. I also love that WAIT acronym, W-A-I-T, why am I talking? I've already used that one on myself a few times since she told it to me. That's brilliant. Anyway, all of Carly's contact info is in the show notes. She's at carlyisrael.com. Her amazing and wonderful book is called Seconds and Inches, and it's available in paperback from Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and bookshop.com. Thanks once again to the Nacho Kids Academy for sponsoring this episode. It's the perfect choice for you or for your partner. If life coaching isn't quite what you're looking for, or if the investment just isn't doable, Nacho Kids Academy is 50 bucks a month with no commitment and no questions asked refund if you don't love it. Can you say no to that? Just try it out. Go to nachokidsacademy.com slash the essential stepmom and tell them Tracy sent you. If you think the group coaching thing isn't right for you, but you're ready to reach out for some help to get through to kids who are pulling away or to deal with what might be the start of parental alienation, we should have a talk. It doesn't matter how long you've been separated or even remarried. This stuff can start up even years down the road. And my Undeletable Dad program can help you restore the family dynamics so everyone in your home can relax and enjoy each other's company. Send me an email at essentialstepmom.com or go to bit.ly slash calltracy, all capital letters. Let's find a good time to talk about what my brand of parent coaching is all about. Those links are in the show notes too. Thanks for listening. And please do a kindness for some other stepmom out there in cyberspace and leave a rating or a quick review on iTunes. All those stars make us easier to find. See you next week. Thank you.